Warning, you are about to listen to the greatest radio show ever. And due to contractual obligations and to shield our airwaves and corporate licensees from any semblance of liability, responsibility, and gullibility, we must tell you the views represented on this show are not necessarily those of this station or its management. This radio show contains differing points of view on current political topics, and due to the nature of its contents, it should be heard by everyone. Thank you for listening. Now live from the Devil Radio Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, where the political party is just beginning. Welcome to the Devil's Advocate Show. Friends proving it's never personal, only politics. Please allow me to introduce myself. Here is your host, Mike Crute. Welcome to the Devil's Advocate Radio Show, the opening day post-game edition Go Brewers. <laughs> you yeah, they went. Happy, happy Friday Eve. Crudy, Evan, working the board, our fair audience. Great to be with you all. Tough, tough loss for the brew crew today. Fancy Brian's a Cubs guy, isn't he? <laughs> he's very happy. So is Kuchka. You, you know, when I see him next, you know he's going to rub it in. <laughs> well, uh, I would imagine that you would do the same had the Brewers won 4-0 today. Buddy, we'll get to the political headlines of the day, and you tell me this is an inside radio geek, inside baseball thing, but I've got a major objection to the fact you could not hear the Brewers on the radio being broadcast locally today in Madison. W2E up, man. It's opening day. What's going on? If they don't want that Brewers contract... I know a company that would gladly take it off their hands. <laughs> right, man. You you got us some radio station in Madison. Couldn't you play it there? I guess I, I'm not clear on how the whole thing works. So was it supposed to be played somewhere today? Yes. And it wasn't? That is very strongly my impression. <laughs> and we are well, Brewers Radio Network affiliates. I hope many of you did enjoy the Brewers today. They played out on WRCE in are you sure? Center. Oh, I know our Brewers played out. And they played out on WISS 1100 AM out of uh, Oshkosh, Berlin area. And I can tell you, Dom, when I'm in the car, I can hear the 1100 AM just sort of faintly. But I'll listen to it for the Brewers opening day. But I can't get it in the building. I can't get it through the walls. So I'm sitting in the office literally with like an old school radio trying to (laughs) dial through the static man opening day. And I could barely even hear the game in my building being transmitted off the Brewer flagship station in Milwaukee. And it's galling to me to have to listen to it on Righty Whitey Talk Radio. But they're not even playing it, Madison, man. What? <laughs> Did somebody just throw back the Brewer's contract because... I'd like to make a competitive bid just so I can hear oh, the games. Maybe, but, you know, you know, Crudy, sometimes, you know, the technical parts, you know, they're switching over from this switcher to that switcher. No, nope, played on our that stations. Stream and that, that internet and that fiber. You know, sometimes you don't dot all the I's and cross all the T's, and there could be technical issues. I checked all three of the sports-affiliated stations here in town just in case somebody had moved down the dial, and I even checked. You know, hardcore, former Righty Whitey Talk Radio, 1310 AM, used to have the Brewers. They threw them back. And then Midwest Family had the Brewers. They are playing them down the dial. Got no big problem with sports radio playing sports. 
when they play them. But they were like at the final four. They were acknowledging the game, but they weren't playing out the broadcast of the game. Oh, interesting. I mean, did something preempt opening day? Did someone forget it was opening day? (laughs) I find that hard to believe. They're in the sports broadcasting business. So somebody is having a little contract dispute, and we, the fans, are getting it stuck to us, Tom. (laughs) You got the hat. You got the jersey. The Brewers lost four zip to the Cubbies, and he didn't even get to listen to it on the radio, man. That sounds like a grievance, bro. I I am a little irritated even before we start (laughs) the more important political headlines. You know, the biggest spring election of our lifetime coming up next Tuesday, April 4th. We encourage you. Well, Tom and I did vote for Janet Protosiewicz. Vote for Janet. And Janet Protosiewicz has been the grandiose recipient of a lot of the donor dollars coming through the Democratic Party. And Dan Kelly, you know, somehow is splitting the infinitive and playing it differently. He'll take all the money from the county parties, but not the state party because he doesn't want to ever be forced to recuse. But, of course, no one can make him. He's already made that point. So it ain't a recusal issue. Oh, yeah. But what did he tell us when he was still going against Doro, the other conservative in the primary? Yeah, and during the primary, vote for Dan Kelly because he'll get all that sweet, sweet dark money, the national dark money. Deliver that sweet, sweet dark money. Oh, and he's delivering, Dom. It's coming through between the U-line, the grandiose expenditures expenditures of the U-line through the Fair America's Pack, right? Fair Courts, America, Courts, whatever. Something, yeah, it, yeah. It's it's a rich guy from Illinois pouring money into our Supreme Court race. He's a big donor. And uh, the other grandiose third-party supporter currently of Dan Kelly, WMC, Wisconsin Manufacturers and Commerce. Now, they're supposed to be sort of a Chamber of Commerce kind of outfit, but they have turned into effectively a tool of the Republican Party. They wrote the recusal rules for Wisconsin Supreme Court. How the frick does that work? How many, how much money do you have to give in support of different respective conservative judges to the point where you get to write their recusal rules for them, which effectively says there are no recusal rules. Because if you had to recuse, you'd have to step back litigation where we're involved and we gave you millions we don't want you stepping back we bought and paid for you fair and square and that's what they're trying to do with dan kelly right and some of the ads that are being run on dan kelly's behalf in the current sense tom it it it's erroneous and it's grotesque Curdy, the WMC from the website, their mission is to make Wisconsin the most competitive state in the nation to do business. Unfortunately, politicians and bureaucrats do not always understand how your business works or how their decisions impact you. That is why WMC is on the front lines every day to ensure your interests are being represented. WMC is consistently ranked as the number one lobbying organization in Wisconsin. No one spends more time and energy fighting money for the business community. And in the current sense, they're serving you, Wisconsin, by re-traumatizing a a rape victim who actually finds many objections to the ad they are running about her circumstance. They reached out to this woman and they said, we're running it with or without you. So let's go to the reporting. My understanding, Dan Bice contributed. Uh, We've also got Kareen Hess and Ashley Lutheran from the Journal Sentinel on this. 
The victim at the center of a rape case featured in the state Supreme Court attack ad says she is being re-traumatized and re-victimized by the media blitz. It immediately took my breath away, the woman told the Journal Sentinel, to see it in action. I wondered if there was any thought put into the human beings behind the cases. I'm a human being who wants peace. The woman who asked to be identified by her first name, Emily, said she did not want to participate in the ads and did not want her case to be featured. Uh, the Journal Sentinel does not name sexual assault victims. We will not either. The ads are aimed at criticizing the judicial record of Janet Protasiewicz, the Milwaukee County Circuit Court judge who handled the case and is running in the April 4th election for the Wisconsin Supreme Court. We find her, tell me if I'm wrong, down to be the preferred candidate. Absolutely. But of course, these attack ads coming from WMC, the supposed lobby organization. For uh, business. Yeah, they're they're down for business, the business of re-traumatizing rape victims. Uh, anyways, here's here's how it's reported. But Emily said she had no problem with the sentence handed down by Protosewitz, two and a half years in prison, followed by two and a half years of community supervision, and said that in addition to being traumatized, the ad contains inaccuracies. Those are called lies, Dom. The ads are being paid for by Wisconsin Manufacturing and Commerce Issues Mobilization Council and Fair Courts America, a super PAC supporting Daniel Kelly, a conservative over Protosewitz, a liberal candidate. Neither campaign was involved in the ads. How do we know that for sure? The coordination between third-party groups and the candidates? I mean, used to be illegal. Scott Walker broke that law, and then they changed the laws. Effectively, if you don't, like, cut your hand open, bleed together, and spit on it, and become blood brothers, that ain't coordination under Wisconsin law. I'm not so sure that Dan Kelly didn't give his blessing to this, Dom. Trudy Protosewitz has served as a Milwaukee County Circuit Court judge since 2014, and Kelly and his supporters have spent weeks highlighting selective cases that she handled. Kelly has never served as a circuit court judge. WMC stood by the ad on Wednesday, saying it was highlighting another soft-on-crime sentence by Judge Protosewitz and contains factually accurate and publicly available information, and it does not include identifying information about the victim. Fair Courts America spokesman Dan Curry said, quote, our ad is factual, accurate, and necessary because Wisconsin so-called journalists refuse to do most stories that might hurt Democrats. When asked about the commercials, Kelly's spokesman Ben Vocal said he would let WMC speak for itself. Protosewitz's spokesman Sam Rucker said, no crime victim deserves to be harassed or have their words twisted for any reason, but especially for political reasons. His quote, if Dan Kelly had any experience working to protect victim rights or as a frontline judge, he would immediately denounce this behavior and demand that these commercials be pulled from the air. Emily said she received a call at work on March 8th that instantly transported her back to the aftermath of her assault. The female caller said her name was Courtney and asked questions about Emily's inter interactions with Protosewitz. She said there was a team that was putting a lot of research into my case, Emily said. After some back and forth, Emily learned the team was putting together a commercial about her 2019 rape case. Emily was told she could participate if she wanted to have some control of the narrative in the ad, but it was going to run whether she approved or not. 
Between March 8th and March 20th, Emily received 10 more calls. She answered on March 20th, told the caller she was not interested in talking about her case or participating in the making of the ad. Then she received a text messages of the first commercial. I have readjusted my life, Emily said. I've taken all ad streaming services from my TV at home. My employer has to accommodate what we have so I don't have to see anything. I just can't wait for this election to be over. Folks, Retraumatizing sure. and re-victimizing this victim, Wisconsin Manufacturers and Commerce, for a political ad that the victim states is inaccurate. Not only inaccurate, she actually is supportive of Judge Protosawitz in the sentencing of, of the convicted. Come back with us. We are the devil's advocates. We're also going to tell you to just say no Some to some jackassery from the GOP. Some referendums. Want to hear about it? More devils on the other side. Better stick around. When they go low, we get high. The Devil's Advocates. And we are back from the 420 break. Thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates radio show. You can call us on the lines at 844-967-2789. Dominic, we're going to encourage the audience to just say no to the jackassery of the GOP, in this case, in the form of referendum questions on the April 4th ballot. Of course, the more important question, who should serve on the Wisconsin Supreme Court for 10 years well, the right answer is Janet Protosawitz, but the right lobbying arm, Wisconsin Manufacturers and Commerce, who are grandiose donors in nearly every judicial race, <coughs> they're putting some ads out there, and they're casting some mud at Janet Protosawitz, and they are re-traumatizing, re-victimizing the victim of a rape case who actually, all things considered, seemed downright supportive of the decisions reached by Janet Protosawitz in her case. This reporting from the Journal Sentinel uh, will jump back into the reporting as part of the plea agreement. Now, I got to go back a little bit farther. This woman was raped. Uh, we better go all the way to the beginning. Uh, raped on Walker's Point, January 27, 2019. Walker's Point Bar where she met a guy named Robert Guzinski, then 41. Guzinski asked Emily if she wanted to go outside to smoke and then suggested they go to a alley so they didn't cloud the bar's interest, uh, entrance according to the criminal complaint. Oh, let's walk around the corner and smoke. Let's not stand in the front. As they began to smoke, Ruzinski, Guzinski attacked Emily, held her down and repeatedly raped her. She was able to run back into the bar told those inside she had been raped and asked them to call 911. She later identified Gazinski in a photo lineup. Gazinski was charged with second-degree sexual assault for, uh, by use of force, which could have carried a 25-year in prison and 15 years of extended supervision. On the day of the trial, Gazinski pled no contest to third-degree sexual assault, which carries a much lower maximum prison sentence of five years in prison, in five years of extended supervision. Now, I want to step aside for a second time. That is not a decision made by the judge. That is a decision made at prosecutor's discretion. The guy's pleading to a lesser charge 
in the hopes of getting a lesser sentence. That's how the game is played. As part of the plea agreement, the prosecutor, Alicia Court, left the sentence up to Protosewitz, but underscored the violence of the attack in her remarks. This was a random assault of opportunity, Court said, according to a transcript of the hearing. Emily, again, the name they're using for the victim here, then read her two-page victim impact statement. She recounted the physical pain of the night, the lingering injuries, as well as the mental and emotional effects. She also expect, uh, expressed empathy for Guzinski and his family. Now, wow. that is the, the perpetrator of this alleged crime, convicted. I do not believe people should be defined by the worst moment of their life. And I would seek more than anything else is peace of mind, Emily read to the court. Having in a sense been served my own sentence, I must find a way to live out my life in peace. And that's what I've done essentially. Emily did not ask for Gazinski to go to prison. If it were up to me, the only resolution I would seek is that of restorative justice, she said. Restorative justice is a model of bringing crime victims and perpetrators together for the conversation and healing. Emily closed by wishing Gazinski well. Now, she is a bigger woman than I would ever pretend to be. After she spoke, Gazinski's attorney, Benjamin Van Severin, said his client accepted responsibility and noted it was his first arrest and criminal charge. The defense attorney asked for a stayed prison sentence and a three-year probation term instead. Gazinski offered a brief statement and apologized to Emily. And then the decision, Dom, was Protosewitz's to make. Cody Protosewitz read Emily's victim impact statement in her chambers and then listened as Emily read it in court. After hearing everyone speak, Protosewitz called the attorneys into her chambers and then told court to ask Emily what resolution she wanted. The conversation was off record, meaning it is not included in the transcript. Emily told the General Sentinel that she told the court she, quote, trusted the judge to apply the law and give a sentence that was fair. When Protosewitz returned to the bench, she explained her thought process to Gazinski before sentencing him. The reason I called for an in-chambers conference is I wanted a little more input from the state as to what the victim's thought were, one way or another, as to what your sentence should be. And quite frankly, she didn't give much more input, Protosewitz said, according to the transcript. And so your sentence isn't based on anything that the victim had to say or anything that, uh, that she told attorney court that was relayed to me, Mr. Gazinski, the judge continued. This is solely my sentence based on everything that I know about you based on the conduct that occurred on January 27th of 2019, based on what I think the appropriate sentence should be for you. Protosewitz called Emily's victim impact statement atypical, based on the severe assault she had suffered, another quote, seems to me as though she's quite frankly quite understanding and cares about both you and your family, Mr. Gazinski. I take that into account. How serious is this? This is at the top level of serious violent conduct. This is virtually many, many females' worst nightmare coming to life. Protosewitz refused the defense attorney's request for probation, saying that it would unduly depreciate how serious this case is. As much as part of me would like to place you on probation, I just can't do that. It's not a probationary case. Protosewitz sentenced Gazinski to two and a half years in prison, two and a half years of extended uh, supervision. She also ordered him to register as a sex offender until 2040. Kaczynski was released on extended supervision last summer. 
Emily told the Journal Sentinel, the victim told the Journal Sentinel she was 100% satisfied with the sentence. Dominic, a little bit more from the reporting. We'll put a bow on it. The ads are not only traumatizing, they're also inaccurate, Emily, the victim said. Ads paid for by WMC Issues Mobilization Council claim Emily was left for dead after her attack. She was not. The ads also use a voiceover to read a brief portion of Emily's victim impact statement where she describes being afraid before the narrator says Protosse would ignored her pleas. That's not the way Emily tells it. I'm not sure what fixation is on this case. They must have read criminal reports or court records to no identifiable information. I jump ahead. There is nothing that would have made any inclination that I was unhappy or desired a different outcome. Come back. More Devils. Your calls. 844-96-PARTY. I don't know if you know the Devil's Advocates, but the show is kind of a big deal. Welcome back to the Devil's Advocates radio show. It is a big deal. We got some really big breaking news, Dom. The New York Times reporting at this moment, a grand jury has voted to indict Donald Trump in New York. You heard it here first, folks. And we heard it from the New York Times. They feel like that's a fairly credible source. Uh, <laughs> the subheadline: this was seven minutes ago. Mr. Trump will be the first former president to face criminal charges. The precise charges are not yet known, but the case is focused on the hush money payment to a porn star during the 2016 campaign. Uh, here is what we know at this moment. The unprecedented case against Trump will have wide-ranging implications. The Manhattan grand jury voted to indict Donald J. Trump on Thursday for his role in paying hush money to a porn star, according to four people with knowledge of the matter, a historic development that will shake up the 2024 presidential race and forever mark him as the nation's first former president to face criminal charges. Up until <laughs> now, he's just a one-term, twice-indicted loser, right, Dom? Twice impeached. Once indicted, and perhaps several more to come. The felony indictment. Oh, that's sweet music to my ears, Don. Wait, 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 wait. Say that again. Please the say it slower for me. Felony indictment oh, filed yeah. under seal by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office will likely be announced in the coming days. The indictment's announcement is imminent, Dom. By then, prosecutors working for the District Attorney Alvin L. Bragg will have asked Mr. Trump to surrender and to face arraignment on the charges that remain unknown to us for now. But what we know is the former president has been indicted on felonious charges related to Stormy, Stormy, Stormy. <laughs> That's got to sting. It's almost Alvin Bragg Day, Crudy. Say it with me. It is Alvin Bragg Day. All right. Well, well wait, 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 what? It is only reportedly Alvin Bragg Day. <laughs> okay, fair enough. When the indictment enough. is unsealed and the former is arraigned, then it's Alvin Bragg Day, but it's coming soon. It's imminently Alvin Bragg Day. That is some big breaking news. Uh, 844-967-2789. Donald Trump has been indicted. You know, I hate to be gleeful about this. I 
can't wait for the next round and the round after that of the much more substantial indictments. But this still feels pretty good, Dom. It sure does. Long time coming. Hopefully the first of many. Let's let justice finally be done. 844-967-2789. Drew from Marshall. Welcome, Drew. What do you got for us? Hi, Drew. Hey, guys. Uh, I just called to uh, talk about the voting thing. I'm driving back from Florida just so I can make it home by Tuesday to vote. So, you know, you could have early absentee else. voted, Drew. <laughs> right, man. I mean, what happens? You get a flat tire in Arkansas or Kentucky <laughs> or something, dude. I just changed the addresses, so I'm only legal at the new place. We never went to register. So, anyway, we're going to get her done, me and my wife. So, and the other thing with the Brewers, um, you know, they got this new thing called the Civic Media app where you can listen to the Brewers on the Oshkosh channel, which I did today from Florida. Well, you know, that's that's very nice, Drew. But uh, that was a modest early inning oversight, and uh, we muted the stream. We're not permitted to stream the oh. Brewers broadcast, man. Stop. Oh, damn it. You, you did not stream the Brewers anywhere around <laughs> no. here, man. These aren't the droids you're looking for, Drew. I did till that bad inning, and then it then it went south. So I, no, yes. it was it was on for a while. No, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't, Drew. You you never heard any such thing on these radio stations. <laughs> we weren't even there. It wasn't me, man. It wasn't me. I'm sorry if if <laughs> it wasn't on the radio in Madison. I could see where All people right. might be tempted to listen. Uh, you can kind of hear 1100 a.m. through the airwaves. Just try it on your radio. Tomorrow, there will be no game, but a big weekend series with the Cubbies. Game two and three, Saturday and Sunday. Listen over the airwaves on your finer civic media stations, WISS and WRCE. Drew, don't tell nobody, man, all right? Hope no one's listening. 844-967-2789. Oh, no, we're Scroogey. Gary from Sussex listening. How you doing, Gary? Hey, Gary. Uh, good. Hi, guys. Hey, I, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. Um, I was watching I was watching uh, Biden the other day before he sat there and had his uh, news conference, and he comes down, and it was the strangest thing I thought. I cannot be listening to the President of the United States. He says, hi, my name is Joe Biden, and I am Dr. Jill Biden's husband. He often says that, Gary. I love chocolate chip ice cream. You don't believe it, but I do. I'm not kidding. I I have some upstairs in my refrigerator. It's like, when does the President of the United States introduces himself, and then he starts talking about ice cream, and then he starts talking about little kids getting killed. You know what, did, Gary? Did, next time we're going to do a cognitive test, I want to hear Biden say, man, woman, camera, television. I mean, really, really, Gary? You can't recall the last guy saying anything strange ever in front of the know. cameras, fella? A little, it just seemed a little weird like he was having fun and he's coming down. He said he came. That's what he said. I came down because I heard they're having chocolate chip ice cream. Maybe the guy's had a sugar buzz, Gary. You know how that feels. Like you'll go person, woman, man, camera, TV. 
<laughs> like so, that, Gary? How did that make you feel confident? Would that president talk no, like that? I, I feel, I feel much better. And then the other thing is, I want to know what your opinion is. Um, okay, what this this girl that that murdered these kids and the and the and the parents? She went out there and called her girlfriend and said that watch the news tonight. You're going to see me. I'm going to die and I'm going to whatever. Why? And, and then this girlfriend called the, the police the, or no, the authorities and said this, she got this weird thing that she said that she's going to be famous and she's going to die and watch the news. How come the Tennessee uh, people uh, police department didn't go to this girl's house because they even knew what her name was? You know, because a girl said who it was. I don't know why, Gary, but I can tell you, I cannot tell you why, Gary, and I'm not here to relitigate this. It's way too early. But I can tell you the reactions of the Nashville Police Department that went into that school and confronted this. Oh, hell yeah, they did. Compare that with the Uvalde reaction, right? I mean, these guys went charging in. They went charging into harm's way. I think think your guys... Your guy Trump claimed he would do the same. Mm, thanks thanks for the would. call, Gary. 844-967-2789. Let's keep going on the lines. Catherine from Madison, Wisconsin. You're up. Welcome, Catherine. What do you got for us? Hey, Catherine. Hey, is this the greatest radio show on the greatest greatest station ever? It, it, it could is. be, Catherine. Donald right Trump place? got indicted today. I know. I know. And I heard it here first. Oh, that's fantastic. I was calling about something a lot more minor. I was calling about the Madison mayoral race. Yeah, Sadia. And I keep hearing the ads. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty lucky. For Gloria Reyes. Running. Mm-hmm. I know. Gloria Reyes. I hear her all the time. How come Sadia Rhodes didn't buy any ads? I mean, this is a progressive station with a lot of progressive listeners. I bet the number of the voting rate is pretty high in the listeners. I got to think it's going to be close to 100%, Catherine. <laughs> right. I think so. Pretty close. I mean, it's high. And if you're a progressive and you're running against another progressive, well, people want to pick on who they're voting for on smaller, you know, uh, choices, you know, smaller differences. So why am I not hearing anything about Satya Rose? It's not your fault. I just wonder about her campaign. Do they not know about the radio station? Well, we the, interviewed know, her um, shortly after. Supported or what? Catherine, we interviewed her shortly after she was elected. Uh, I'm going to say mm-hmm. we, we the devil's advocates, because of the tone and the nature of okay. our show, we don't often get granular mm-hmm. in city politics. We don't usually wade into mayoral yeah. races, if you know what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know that our show offers the greatest platform ever for city politics, because we play out in a lot of cities, including Chicago and Minneapolis, where they don't give a damn about mm-hmm whether or not I heard the Brewers game on the radio or whether (laughs) we elect a new mayor, Mm -hmm. if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) But, Catherine, I can't speak to why any of the fine candidates for any office in the great state of Wisconsin, why they would not utilize civic media because we're talking to the most politically engaged people in the state. And if you're trying to reach those, let's say, highly political engaged consumers, we got the best network ever for that. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I think it's a matter Mm -hmm. of educating them to a degree, Catherine. I mean, I think it will all start. And and I've been getting some really nice uh, missives from radio professionals saying this is the first election that civic media gets to kind of put our influence on. 
if you know what I mean, the Supreme okay. Court race. This is the first time we really, really get to bang the drums. And we're kind of young. We're kind of still crawling as a radio entity, as a media group. You know, we'll get stronger. We'll be up and walking, hopefully running by the presidential election next year. But Catherine, I'll be very mm -hmm. interested to see the outcome of the pro to say what Stan Kelly race. And we know that Republicans yeah. have had their infrastructure in place forever to bang the drum on these spring elections. I can only tell you that each and every one of the hosts that I've listened to has done their damnedest to lay out the case for Janet Protosiewicz because they all seemingly support her candidacy. And if they don't, then go work for WISN. <laughs> but Catherine, I, I can't tell you why the mayor, mayoral candidate didn't put her ads well. on the greatest radio station <laughs> ever. Uh, but we we could be doing a better job and soon will of trying to connect on a more granular basis here on WMDX yeah. in Madison. Well, I think somebody's not uh, up on up on, you know, this whole thing on the in the Satya Rhodes campaign. And frankly, I'm going to vote for Gloria Reyes. I just decide partly because she knows about double radio or <laughs> about mad radio. So, yep, that's well, my decision. So. Thank you, Catherine, and please do support the sponsors, and in this case, Gloria Reyes is a sponsor. I will point out she does have the endorsement of the local paper, and the former mayor for half my life, Grumpy Pants. Soglin. Soglin. Soglin's <laughs> all out there attacking the current mayor and saying, oh my God, it's going to be Marxism if you let her continue to be the mayor of the city of Madison. <laughs> Come on, Paul. Now, I like Paul. He's a little overreactionary sometimes, uh, but I know he does care about this city, much like I do. Uh, but ultimately, much of our focus here, as you know, is state-level politics. That's where, you know, the state capital is right up the road here. I guess the mayoral office is just around the corner, but I'd rather go, you know, I'd rather go bang a different beat, if you know what I'm saying. 844-967-2789. If you didn't hear... There is some national breaking news as well. Donald Trump, it's indictment day, or at least it's being widely reported, not just by the New York Times, but also by the Guardian and some other sources now. CNN is also reporting it. Donald Trump has been indicted feloniously in the hush money case, the Stormy Daniels. We don't have... <laughs> there you go, you bone. <laughs> we don't have many more details than that, but this has been a day that history has long waited for. Can't wait until it's Perp Walk Day, Dom. Hope that's coming up soon. Almost makes up for the Brewers' loss to the Cubbies. We'll come back with more of your phone calls. I feel like some of the audience might be celebratory over at the excitement <laughs> of Donald Trump. They might be. Could be. And also, we'll tell you about some asinine referendums on the ballot here in the state of Wisconsin. Perhaps you should vote against them. I'll tell you why on the other side. But be a part. It's soon to be Alvin Bragg Day. He's the first one out there in the race to indict and convict the former president, Donald Trump. The news today, the man's been indicted. He will so be fingerprinted. Begins. He will be photographed. He may even be handcuffed. Oh! Former president of the United States will be read the standard Miranda warning. He will be told that he has the right to remain silent and the right to an attorney. Well, you know he can't be silent, and you know he doesn't pay the attorneys. Come back with us, 844-967-2789.
It's no big deal. Kind of a big deal. The Devil's Advocates. Making radio great again. I just want to celebrate another day of living. And we are back. Thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates radio show. You can celebrate with us at 844-967-2789. Why would we celebrate them? What, I ask you, is there to celebrate? Crudy, the New York Times, many other sources reporting the grand jury has voted to indict Donald Trump in New York. I perceive that is fairly good news. I am uh, just feeling a little celebratory. <laughs> a quick update here as the Times updates their reporting. Uh, three lead prosecutors in the Trump investigation walked into the building where the grand jury was sitting minutes before the panel was scheduled to meet at 2 p.m. One carried a copy of the penal law with sticky notes visible that would have been needed to read the criminal statutes to the grand jury before they voted. About three hours later, the prosecutors walked into the uh, court clerk's office through the back door to begin the process of filing the indictment. Felonious indictment, our understanding from the reporting, the early reporting at the New York Times. Dom, I got some early reporting shared with me just a few minutes ago. Uh, my source, the Freedom From Religion Foundation, our friends here in Madison, the FFRF, Freedom From Religion Foundation, has asked the IRS, that's the Internal Revenue Service, to investigate a church's illegal intervention into the Wisconsin Supreme Court election. What? Yeah. This is new news, right, Tom? Uh-huh. The Freedom from Religion Foundation is demanding that the IRS immediately investigate a Wisconsin church engaging in politicking. The St. Patrick's Catholic Church in Cottage Grove, Wisconsin, has recently been involved in blatant electioneering, contends the National State Church Watchdog. Pastor Brian Dully, well, if it's a Catholic church, that'd be... Anyways, that'd be the priest. <laughs> Pastor Brian Dully used the church bulletin to advise parishioners not to vote for an unnamed her in the Wisconsin Supreme Court race next Tuesday, April 4th, as the election is between Janet Protasiewicz, a woman, and Daniel Kelly. Well, it says here a man, but I don't believe it. The bulletin is clearly referencing Protasiewicz. The message reads, on one side of this race, one candidate has tried to make the race entirely an effort to legalize abortion in the state of Wisconsin. Abortion is the intentional taking of a human life. It is murder. Our Catholic face is clear that this is a grave sin. As a Catholic, I urge you for the salvation of your soul. And talk about a little cajoling and pressure. For the salvation of your soul, Dom. Do not vote for her in the Supreme Court race on April 4th. That kind of feels like electioneering to me. Yeah, a little, little bit, a little bit. Dom, such partisan campaigning is a flagrant violation of IRS rules that govern an organization's tax-exempt designation. You can endorse whoever you want. You just can't do so in a tax-free fashion. The violation even caught the attention of Cottage Grove U.S. Rep. Mark Pocan, who initially retweeted the message criticizing the church. The Internal Revenue Code states that to retain their 501c3 status, an organization cannot, and here's a quote from the statute, Tom, participate in or intervene in 
including the publishing or distributing of statements, any political campaign on behalf of or in opposition to any candidate for public office. The Freedom From Religion uh, Foundation staff attorney Chris Lyon writes to the IRS, in this instance, St. Patrick's Catholic Church has breached the responsibilities of its tax-exempt status by openly opposing a candidate for elected office. Yes, seemed pretty clear to me, Dom. FFRF is calling for the IRS to immediately investigate St. Patrick's Catholic Church to ensure it no longer receives 501c3 benefits and that donations made to the church are no longer treated as tax deductible. Excellent. Maybe they can start paying property taxes as well. That's going to sting them. The public essentially subsidizes the work of 501c3 entities. So Mm -hmm. this prohibition is unethically violated. It creates an unfair political advantage. Tax-deductible donations may not be used for political speech or donations. Uh, We see it done all the time, but I like that they're going after them, Dom. Uh, The Freedom From Religion Foundation, ironically, Dom, is a registered 501c3 and takes this designation along with the accompanying benefits and responsibilities very seriously by posting a message that discourages parishioners for voting for a candidate currently running for office, Dully and the St. Patrick's Catholic Church, again in uh, Cottage Grove, Wisconsin, have made it clear that the church is not deserving of its tax exemption. Hope they lose it if indeed this information is correct. Yes, sir. Uh, some updates, Crudy, from the story we started the show with. Uh, Corey Hess reporting at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. An attorney for Wisconsin Supreme Court candidate Janet Protasewicz's campaign is demanding television stations remove ads that were paid for by political groups backing her opponent, Daniel Kelly, featuring a rape case Protasewicz presided over. The demand came after the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel published a story Thursday about the victim at the center of the case who said she'd refused to participate in the ads and called them traumatizing and inaccurate. We read some of that piece. You can find it at jsonline.com. Milwaukee attorney Matthew O'Neill with Fox O'Neill and Shannon sent letters to television stations across the state Thursday afternoon warning that airing false or misleading ads could jeopardize their station licenses. A quote, your publishing of defamatory content is particularly inappropriate, given that unlike candidates, independent political organizations like Wisconsin Manufacturers and Commerce and Fail Courts America do not have a right to command the use of broadcast facilities. Because you need not air this ad, you bear particular responsibility for the content when you choose to do so. Take it down, WMC. 844-967-2789. Wisco, Paul, how you doing, fella? Hey, Paulie. Hey, good afternoon. Uh, happy days are here again. Um, that's totally awesome. I'm uh, stopping into force to get a Another six-pack of uh, Spotted Cow and uh, celebrate this one. I hope there's more to come. And uh, one other thing. Trump said something wacky or strange every day, and he still does. So thanks for the breaking news, Devils. You are quite all right, welcome. Paul, you're welcome. Thanks for listening, man. Yeah. I mean, didn't he say something recently about, hey, you know, all the farmers, they give you guys a break, the death tax. And so now you can, you know, you can, you can give your kids inherit all your stuff and unless you don't like your kids and, you know, and they're not as worthy of it, then you don't have to give it to them. I mean, the guy is just 
bat-crap crazy, and now the pressure continues to mount uh, the New York grand jury in the hush money payment case, bringing down indictments, and hell, Fawny Willis, how about tomorrow? Let's, let's line them up and knock them down. Tomorrow would be great for Fulton County. You know, Wisco Paul joining us does beg a question, Tom. What pairs best with a Donald Trump indictment? <laughs> Beverage-wise. Tequila. Well, you think tequila pairs best with cereal in the morning, man. <laughs> you may not be a reliable source on that, but <laughs> Donald Trump has been indicted, being reported by many, many different news sources, including yours truly, the Devil's Advocates. You're listening right now. Come back. It seems like it might be a happier, happier. Could be happy. I'm feeling kind of oh, happy. happy. The happiest happy hour of the week, at least until now. The Thursday edition, stick around for it. I know you will.